Hello, and welcome to Native Awakenings. Here at Native Awakenings, we believe that an awakening and illumination can occur from something profound, but also from something is as simple as a conversation. Today we have a marvelous conversation with Ryan Moore. Ryan is a skilled hypnotist. He is a Jungian analyst, and he's also a meditation coach. His skill sets shine through his words today as he guides us through the personality and how to build upon not only what we were born with, but what we experience within this world. This conversation that I had with Ryan was incredibly enjoyable. He has personally shifted the direction in which my life was going into a more fulfilling and free destination. So I'm so excited to share this conversation with you so that you may also gain some wisdom from the wonderful man himself. This is Ryan, the heart of a hypnotist. So I decided I was going to take my brother kayaking, Ooh. and it was, it was fantastic. We went out on the water. It was the Stualton River or something like that. I don't know the exact name, but the best part about it was we get out there, and it was just a beautiful day. It's 4 o'clock. The sun is shining. The water is cool, and it's calm, and just everything was wonderful, nice. right? You get out. It's it's one of those things where it's quiet and it's serene and then you're just going up the river and it's just fantastic. It's a great time. That sounds really beautiful. I love getting out of nature myself. I've never been kayaking. I really want to go. Yeah. Uh, but that sounds really, really lovely. And your brother is turning 32. A lot of times, which I found with my friends is kind of after 30, they begin finding themselves or discovering themselves. Uh, kind of establishing a character or a personality for themselves. Mm. So just as you've gone through your own life within your subjective experience, where do you think that personality really comes from? Do you think that that's something we create? Do you think that's something we were born with? What What is your take on personality? See, that's a great question. And, you know, it kind of skirts that age old question. Is this nurtured or is it nature? Were we born with this personality or was it developed? Did we get it from society or primary caregivers, whatnot? And what's really interesting is I actually got into personality types because it was really fascinating with how we become who we are and what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses. And yeah. So, before I got into that, you know, I know that there were several different types of personality indicators or systems. Um, and there's one called the Myers-Briggs system, the Myers-Briggs or MBTI. And I got into that, but I got into it in a very weird way. <laughs> what was really interesting is I took the Myers-Briggs test and actually sat down and paid for it because a lot of people, they'll go and get one of those free online tests. And I can tell you right now that they're not accurate at all. Really? For sure. Really? So what I recommend people do is they go on, they pay the 30 bucks or whatever it is and actually get the proper 
Myers-Briggs test. Now, the reason for this is it's going to be more accurate, although there is some margin of error. And what you want to do is you want to get the the best possible case, right? Yeah. So I, I went through the... I went through the test, and it said that I was an INFJ, and that didn't mean anything to me. It gave me a little description of it, but that didn't really mean anything to me. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. That's fascinating, but doesn't give me anything that I can really work (laughs) with. It's like, you're this, and you do da-da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I've I've got all these labels and this description, but it doesn't really mean anything to me. So then I went to one of my favorite coffee shops and I grabbed my favorite, I think it was at the time, white chocolate mocha. And I sat Ooh, down and I'm, nice. I'm sitting and I'm reading. And then I saw this, this weird dude spread out on the table and he had all these colorful cards. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Oh. And apparently he was studying Myers-Briggs and more importantly he was studying the underlying system of what was going on he was doing you know he's getting really big into Jungian functions which is the building Ah. blocks of the Myers-Briggs system and if you look at that type or that specific indicator there there is several different categories or timelines you've got Kersey's temperaments which is like NF or NT or that kind of thing. So it talks about the four different temperaments and what those look like and how those feel and, and that yeah. kind of thing. And that's a great like general like, okay, so I obviously know that this one, this person's like like an SP, which is a sensing perceiver. And that means that they're going to be like super about what they experience. They're mm-hmm. going to be very big into their experience. Whereas like an NF intuitive feeler, they're going to be like internal experiences and what ah. that's about. So, and you're able to kind of categorize people. And I think that personality is really fascinating because what you do with personality, at least what I do with personality, is I get a read of what that person's about. I get a read about what's valuable to them, what they find is important, yeah. and what kind of experiences in general am I going to have with this person? What kind of conversations can I have with this person? Uh, what are their strengths? What are they going to bring to the table to the relationship that's going on? So it's really cool to to take a look at that. So I sat down and I had a conversation with this dude with all the cards, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay what's the deal with the cards? And he's like talking to me about the different functions and how they how they work because you've got, you know, four basic functions. You've got sensing, you've got intuition, you've got feeling and thinking. And all of those have internal and external representations. Oh. And that changes how it operates. Like an external feeling function is going to be about expression. It's going to be about working with people and understanding people and, and all of that. Internally, so it's it's more of like a shared feeling. You get a vibe from a group and you feel good because everybody's vibing well together. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Whereas like an introverted feeler, they're going to be closed off from everybody. Everybody else can have their own emotions, but my emotion, that's mine. 
and no one's going to be able to impact it. So those are those people that they're able to have whatever emotion that they're having their own experience and not really be impacted by other people. It's also a little a little bit harder for them to recognize what they're feeling, but they're also very steady with what their feelings are. Whereas an extroverted feeler is very up and down, kind of like a <laughs> roller coaster. It's like yeah. whatever what is the mood of the room right at this moment? Okay, then five minutes later, somebody said something, the whole vibe of the room changed, and now their mood changed. So it's just like up and down, up and down, so you don't know where you're going to be. So it's a little bit more chaotic. And you can pull back from from the room, but you have to isolate yourself from the room in order to be able to like, okay, these are my emotions, Let's, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's, it, it's interesting because it allows you to start piecing together, who am I? You know, what am I about? What, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What do I need to guard against? What do I, what do I need to express in the world? Where, can, where, where are my superpowers, right? <laughs> yeah. And you start beginning to piece that together, which is really cool. And I guess like that is one piece of it is you get to understand what your building blocks are, because I think that you're born with this piece of yourself where your brain functions in a certain way. My mom, when I was talking to her about personality types after I found out what I was, and she was like, yeah, you were always a little different. It seemed like you were piecing things together, even as like a little toddler. And you're like, you understood way more than you should have at that time <laughs> because I paid attention. And I, part of being an INFJ, we've got this, this thing called introverted intuition. And the way that I think about it is how people can compare two different things. Say like if you have two different rocks on the table and you're able to look at those rocks, maybe one's a garnet, maybe one's maybe an amethyst, you know, one's going to be a certain color. The other one's going to be a different color. One's going to have a certain shape and you're going to be able to compare and contrast. Okay. So these are both rocks and that kind of thing. And you're able to see that you're able to feel it. Well, with introverted intuition, it is very much like that, but with ideas, with concepts. You have somebody describe a concept or an idea to you, and then you have an idea or concept that you already have reference for, and you're comparing and contrasting, how is this similar or how is this different between what I already know? And you're able to look at it from all these different sides. You get lost in your head because you're like comparing and contrast. Meanwhile, somebody else is talking and you've got this like thousand mile stare going on. You're like looking at the wall and you'd be like, hey, are you here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? We yeah. were talking. Yeah. You're like, oh, whoa, whoa, sorry. You know, I was thinking about the thing that you were saying. And that was really fascinating. You know, tell me more, you know. So you start beginning to to look at these pieces of yourself and going, oh, I process information in this way. So it's a little bit different than like the traditional MBTI people where they go, oh, you're a this, and that means that you're only capable of these things, or you're going to have this type of attribute, yeah. right? This type of characterization. And I, I, tend to, I tend to shy away from that because you have so much more to you than how your brain processes information. Right. You have your values, you have your experiences, you have your goals and your dreams and the things that you focus on. You also have your, your fears and your worries, right? You have those things. That is very much a piece of you. And that's something that you get as you go. It's not something that you're born with. So when you're born, you have how your brain likes to process information. Yeah. But then you start having experiences. 
So you begin to build and change and all of that. So I think personality comes from both, right? You both get born with something and then you also move into other things. You can be changed and influenced in certain ways by your experiences and by what you hold true and hold meaning for. So it's a cool thing when you start looking into it and going, okay, well, what aspect of my personality do I want to explore? Do I want to explore how I process information so that I know where my superpowers are, so that I know where, you know, I'm highly efficient? Because one of the things that's really cool, when I was growing up, I used to think that I was defective. Uh. I used to think that I was messed up or stupid. And so when I describe something and I'd be like, oh, yeah, this. And I'd be talking to my mom or I'd be talking to my dad or I'd be talking to a teacher. And then I'd get this blank stare. Uh. <laughs> like... What are you talking about, kid? Yeah. I was like, well, that proves that I'm stupid. But what happened was I was describing it in a way that was completely intangible. And I was talking to people that only deal in tangible things. So it was like, I'm trying to do this thing and it's just not connecting. They're like, whoa, what? <laughs> right. And they're yeah. trying to be like, what is this kid talking about? And, you know, I had a handle on what I was talking about because I was having that experience. And it wasn't until. I got introduced to this guy with all the cards and he described how these things worked and we really had a, a connection there and we I, I got a really deep understanding of what's going on that it became okay for me to be okay. It became okay for me to be who I was, to have the 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 brain processing in a certain way that became permissible. That that was okay for me to be. And I was like, oh man, that's cool. Yeah. Right? That's a huge moment and I feel like anyone's life where you get everything starts to click, everything starts to make sense. You found out this is how my brain processes information. The story that you told, just there with being that child trying to describe something, trying to convey an idea and it being intangible so that the peers can't receive it mm -hmm. must have been incredibly difficult. But it sounded like you met this man in a coffee shop when you were much older. So did you carry that belief with you that that you were defective in some way. Oh yeah. All, really? That that was up until that point, I thought I was broken. I thought I was defective and I couldn't like I knew that I knew things, but it always seemed like other people were able to do things better than me. People were able to recall what other people said exactly. I can't do that. Right? Uh. I kind of generalize. They kind of said something <laughs> like this. And it's like, okay, that's good enough for me. You know? Meanwhile, other people are like, yes, you said these specific <laughs> words. And I'm like, did I? I don't recall. Uh -huh. No, you said. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that's very specific. Right? You know? And people, people go through their lives thinking that way. And I thought, oh, I need to get better at being able to do that. No, man, that's not your superpower. You don't need to do that. It's okay. It's okay. You don't need to think like they do, right? The fact that you think the way you think is okay, right? You can find your own strength in how your brain processes information. Now, that doesn't give you a pass. Like, you don't need to grow. You don't need to look for new information. You don't need to, to go and gather wisdom. That is something else entirely. And that's where, like, once you know who you are in terms of, like, your brain functions and how that, that happens, then you can start looking at, okay, well, where, where do I want to go? 
what do I need to learn? What's most important to me? And then you begin to go down that road because you've got several different things that build your personality. You've got your personality type, you know, how your brain functions. Then you've got your values and your beliefs. And those are like what's most important to you. How do you know that that's important to you? You know, the beliefs, well, I can be this or I can have that. I can do these things. This is what I can I can do. And yeah. then the third is all about your experiences. And this is where a lot of people, you know, you can have an experience of being able to create things or you can have an experience of things being destroyed. You can have, you know, this is where the trauma comes in. This is also where the joy and the happiness comes in as well, because you have a wide range of experiences that, I mean, you've been gathering them your entire life. That's kind of what life is about, gathering yeah. moments. And so you get to use that in context of the other two in order to build who you are and what you're about and all of that. So now that you have that understanding, then you can go, okay, well, knowing all of that, what do I want to create? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in this world? And that's that's where you get to have fun. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know who I am. I know what I'm about. This is what I'm going to do, or these are the people I'm going to help. Makes sense? Makes sense. That was an incredibly eloquent way of describing where personality comes from. It's not just your mind. It's not just the way that you process information. I took the free test and I found out that I was like an ENFP or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it did, as you mentioned, have this list of qualities that I could do, my strengths, my weaknesses, and so on and so forth. And I assumed that identity. I was like, oh, I guess according to this personality characteristic determiner, I am this and mm -hmm. I should be on the lookout for this. But it gives me a lot more freedom to know that that's a way that my mind learns. That's a way that my mind gathers information and that it does have an effect, but it doesn't immediately define me entirely yeah. of my experience or what I create from my brain handling that information. I'm going to go back and look at my type mm -hmm. to see, oh, this is how my this is how I can get in better contact with my brain almost rather than my whole being. Yeah. And see, that that's one of those things that, you know, you have to be mindful of is because if you go on and you get that free test, I've met several people that I would categorize or I'd, I'd label them as some other personality type. But what happens is, is they take one of those free online tests and they go, I'm a this. And then they wrap up their identity into being one of those when it's not accurate. And then they have this concept. And then what they do is they lose the perspective of how their brain actually functions. Oh. And they go, no, 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 I'm a this. And that makes me special. And that makes me have these characteristics. Whereas like... I get where that can be important to a person because they're identifying with it. I'm more interested in accuracy. I'm more interested in how does my brain work? How does my brain function so that I can have that going into an engagement and an interaction? I remember when I was really big into like getting into uh, all the different groups in this yeah. area. And, you know, I would go and I'd sit down with other people and oh, wow. I'd, I'd ask them, you know, you know, what type are you? And oh, cool. And, yeah. you know, this thing and that thing. This is just another way of confirming that I am 
you know, this way. So, um, which is why I say, you know, spend a little money, go to an expert, get a good reading and, and know for sure that that is your personality type because that's going to, to really help you in the long run. To make me feel better and, and all the listeners that have just gotten the free test, can you throw me some sort of bone of, uh, all right, say I, I got this for your online test mm-hmm. and I did resonate. Do you think that that's helpful in any sense of the word or do you think it's really not help do you think it's close to what i am like can i take advantage of all of your knowledge right now and ask you (laughs) see okay so from my my personal experience with you yeah greg what i would say that you are is you're an enfj i would say instead of an enfp and that sounds very similar right it sounds really similar they're only just a single letter off right what's the difference between a p and a j a lot when it comes to how (laughs) your brain works so a mutual friend of ours aaron aaron is an enfp and his brain functions almost the exact opposite of how my brain functions so i have introverted intuition at the very top what that means is i'm comparing and contrasting ideas and i'm looking at summarizing narrowing down trying to get to the essence of what something is so i take many many facts and i try to make them a single thing i'm trying to distill stuff whereas extroverted intuition what it does is it starts from a single thing and makes it into lots of things right and so summary is not his strong suit right it's nowhere in the ballpark it's like you need to narrow that down no no narrowing it's just constantly expanding hey look at this idea oh there's another one oh there's another one and it's like oh my god there's so many ideas my brain hurts and he's like yeah but there is this option and this option and this other option and it's like you know this is a constant ending uh, unending slew of ideas new ideas what about this what about that what about these things and it's like oh man that makes my brain hurt because it's (laughs) completely opposite to the way that i think and so just by seeing those two you can get like that and that's just the top function all the other functions are exactly flopped so i've got extroverted intuition which means i express motions i'm also at a disadvantage when i'm in groups because then i'm like okay is everybody vibing together cool everybody's vibing oh nope that person's really angry right now i should feel disappointed i don't know what i should feel and so you're on this roller coaster ride whereas like he's got introverted feeling and he's just the same emotion whatever he's end up being so and his emotions is very much his own, whereas my emotions are kind of, you know, influenced by the group. Then he also has extroverted thinking, which is very like task oriented, very it's whatever thought, whatever belief is going to get me the best results. And it's also what do I need to do in order to make that happen as quickly as possible? So you get those people that are just looking to make that thing happen instead of looking for the best way or looking for it the fastest way to make that happen instead of the traditional way of making that happen. Like for me, I've got introverted thinking and so i have a very rigid way of thinking about things and the reason for that is time history has shown me that if i do these things in this order or if i believe this like it keeps on coming up 
this thing has happened three, four, five, ten times, and I know this to be true, or I know this to be the most common way of getting to the result that I want. And so I'm going to go back to that because I know that it's reliable or reliable enough. Whereas contrasting that between him and I, he's going to look for the best way to do this right now in these circumstances and, and try to go and do that. And so neither one is better. It's just how we're thinking about things. And then we've got, he has introverted sensing, which is kind of think of it as like intuition that I described earlier, but it's more for sensing. So he's able to, you know, eat a hamburger, let's say, and he can tell you all the different characteristics of that hamburger. And then a year later, he can go back and have the same hamburger, but tell you the differences between the two hamburgers. And are they being consistent? Are they different? Is one better than the other? Like in the categories of like, it's, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. Whereas like I'm fully immersed in the moment, just like, man, this is good hamburger. And just like, but it's just like, could I tell you how my breakfast tasted the previous day? No, I could I could tell you it was good. <laughs> it was good. Or it was like, okay, but I couldn't tell you like what was the salt content on it? How how juicy was it? You know, it's like I got none of that. Yeah. Unless it was like an extreme. So the way that you think is really important to your experience of life. And if you get that wrong, right? If you start with from a false premise, you might be thinking, I need to think in this way. But you don't think in that way, and uh, trying to think in that way will be a detriment to you. So you have to get the most accurate representation of how you think so that you can move forward knowing exactly who you are. What I would recommend people doing is instead of going and going like, I need to be, you know, I need to go do the Myers-Briggs, go and see if you can find somebody that's really good with Jungian functions, because that's what's most important oh, is the hope, Jungian hope functions. Oh, at the end of the tunnel. Oh, yes, please yes. talk more about Jungian functions. Well, okay. that's what we've been talking about so far. Introverted and extroverted functions, introverted thinking, introverted feeling, extroverted feeling, extroverted thinking, you know, all of these things, those are Jungian functions. And if you piece those together and then also if you piece what order they come in, you can learn a lot about how you process information and a lot about what your strengths are going to be. And the biggest thing is, is your dominant function. What is that first function that your brain automatically goes to? Because that is going to be the strongest function that's going to be the the first step of your brain. Like mine is introverted intuition. I am going to sit there and I'm going to think about what somebody's saying. I'm not going to be reacting to it. I'm just going to be thinking about it. And I'm going to be trying to piece it together in my map. And I'm going to try to like look at all the different ins and outs. And what what is this compared to the other thing that I'm thinking about? No, this is very similar to that. You know, meanwhile, somebody with, let's say, extroverted feeling is going to have an immediate emotional response to what they're hearing. Uh, right. And then they might go and process like, how is this close or, you know, similar to what it is that they already have in their, their map of the world. So for the people that go and get the, the free online tests, take it with a grain of salt. Take it as maybe a benchmark of what might be true. Mm -hmm. But definitely, if you're interested in this and you're interested in accurately depicting who you are on the inside, what you need to do is go go spend a little bit of money and, and get an accurate test taken. That way you can 
operate from factual information about who you are. That way you don't have this big misunderstanding because like for me, the big misunderstanding was I was stupid and I couldn't think how other people thought. I had to think how they thought Uh, and I could never be that. I could never have that way of thinking. And the moment I saw that I could be me and it was okay to be me. And in fact, it was really cool and very powerful to be me and how I thought and gave me permission to be me instead of needing to be other people. It was that permission that I needed, which was really cool. So that's huge. Wow. I it makes me want to actually get the test now. Yeah. I do a lot of word association on here and a common theme that I've heard of while you're speaking is accuracy and truth. Yeah. Um, because it seems like you're able to build a lot upon that. Hmm. When you hear the word truth, what's the first thing you associate with it? Ooh. Truth can be broken down into several different categories. There could be your truth and what you believe right now. There can be objective truth. When everybody's looking at it and seeing it, what's the common description of that that thing? Truth can also be over short term or over long term because something can happen and you can have an immediate positive impact but over the long term, you know, say 60, 90, 90 days or a year, it, it can be the opposite of that. So you have to figure out what truth you're aiming towards in order to be able to discover what your truth is or what truth you're talking about. So it's complicated, but it's also <laughs> it's also really simple because there's a part inside yourself that goes, okay, is this true or is this not true, right? Do I resonate with this or do I not resonate with this? So there's that. But you also have to be mindful of like your confirmation bias because it could be something that resonates with your current view of the world. But if you look at it from one perspective, that's true. But if you look at it from a different perspective – it could be false. So you have to be mindful of what it is that you're looking to create and then really examine what what is true and what isn't true. So it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. The two things that popped out at me, it might change given a certain period of time. And two, what are you pointing it towards? So it sounds like changeable. Like, would is that a quality? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if you could sum it up, like when you when you hear truth and when you feel it, does it feel like something that changes? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So one of the things that I could kind of relate it to was love. Right. Oh. Love is powerful. Love is wonderful. Love is evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it all depends on where you're at because. And this will kind of segue us into some other things that we can talk about. I was married oh. and um, I met this this wonderful woman um, when I was going to high school. She was going to college. We hit it off. It was fantastic. It mm-hmm. was just wonderful, right? And we ended up getting married and I was in love with her. And in those moments when I was deeply feeling it, you could call that love true. But then things happened. Some things that didn't vibe well with me happened. 
and then things changed. And now that love wasn't true, or it was true in that no that moment, but it wasn't true in this moment. So which one is true? Is it the short term or is it the long term? Ah, yeah. And if I think about it from here, from now, and it's been, gosh, over 10 years since the divorce and all of that. It's been way over that. Maybe closer to 15. Anyways, it's it's been a long time. And the question is, do I still love that person? And you could say on one point, yes, I still love that person. I can still access that feeling of love. But would I be in a relationship with that person? No, absolutely not. Uh, right? So it's yeah. kind of like one of those things where you've got to measure what your truth is. So it's not a blanket statement, yes or no. It's like, it depends. <laughs> right? What are we looking at? Yeah. Right? Wow. What are we perceiving? What changes? Wow. I, I'm going to have to sit with that as well. I love your <laughs> definition. That's a really good one. Something that has me pondering, though, they say that childbirth, marriage, and divorce and going to college are like the most stressful events that happens in someone's life. And I think maybe like hospitalization as well. Maybe that's Mm. in there. It's been a long time since I've read that study. So I'm always really curious about when someone's gone through a very tough hardship for myself, selfishly, because I like to collect tips and tricks. Mm. So for you... How did you recover from that major life event? Gosh, you know, and that was one of the biggest life events at that point. Mm -hmm. It was just, so you think, okay, I'm going into this relationship. I'm getting married. I love this person. We're going to be together together for the rest of our lives, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to put in no matter, you know, I'm going to put in the effort no matter what to to stick with it, to be with this person, to, to really show up. And then you find that maybe your commitment is more than what the other person is committed to. Mm. And then like you decide like, this is, this is the boundary. I don't want to put up with that type of behavior or that type of relationship. That's just not what I'm about. Mm -hmm. And then they override that boundary. They go and do things that immediately violate those, those things of your relationship. What do you do at that point? Well, I decided at that point that I was done and that, uh, that was, that was it. So you have to deal with the grief. You have to deal with all of these things that you built up in your mind, these ideals are going to be together forever, that I love this person, that we're going to have, you know, a family together, that we're going to have a, you know, we're going to share our whole lives together. And all of that is now gone. And you're sitting there picking up the pieces going, okay, well, what is my life about now? And up until that point, I thought I had things together. I thought that I had a pretty good handle of what love was and what relationships were about and and all of that. And I couldn't be more dead wrong. And it was like, I had no clue what was going on, but I thought that I did. And that was what mattered in that moment, apparently. So, okay. So now where do I go from there? Well, obviously, because I thought I knew what was going on and I clearly didn't, I need to look outside myself and find resources, things that I can model. So I looked, right? And I really looked. And what the interesting thing is, is like, I'm drawn to information that is not necessarily mainstream because I figure 
you know, if everybody's saying it, it might not be true because look at what the results of everybody, what they're getting, right? And is like, is that what you want? No. Okay. So you have to get to get to the people that are actually getting the results that you want and figure out what they're doing and how you can incorporate that into to what you're doing. Yeah. And so that led me on a really incredible search, a really incredible journey. Um, incredible because it went all over the place. It went to some weird places, let <laughs> me tell you. Now, one of the places that led me was to hypnosis and neuro-linguistic programming. Ah. And I don't know, it's a weird place to end up, right? Hypnosis. Hypnosis <laughs> and neuro-linguistic programming. And what what that, how I got there was really more of like, Self-help, self-improvement, self-development avenue. It's like, oh, okay, so I want to improve myself. I want to improve how I communicate. I want to understand how I control my mind and in such a way that was going to get me the results that I wanted. And, you know, part of... You know, part of improving yourself is understanding what's already there. So, I mean, we've already talked about personality types, but we're venturing into starting to talk about values and starting to talk Mm. about beliefs. So, what's most important to you? How do you know that that is in your life? And then what's true for you in terms of what you believe is possible for you? What do you believe you are? What do you believe you're capable of and you start looking at those things now in in the context of a relationship i began to discover that my belief was that i wasn't lovable right and that no woman was going to ever be attracted to me and so it's like okay so these are really heavy beliefs it's like if you have those beliefs when you get into an interaction with a woman well it's gonna fry your brain you're not going to be able to get into a relationship into a meaningful relationship with anybody that's nurturing or you know, has all the positive qualities of femininity. What's going to happen instead is that you're going to attract all of the negative aspects of that relationship or those types of relationships. You're going to find somebody that wants to give you exactly what you want or what you believe you want. When you start gathering tools, and I really, I love gathering tools and being able to use them in my life because I find that when you do that, when you find the right tools, it's so much easier to create the change that you want to see. So hypnosis is this this way of running your mind. And what's really cool is it's a communication between you, your conscious mind, and your unconscious mind. Now, a lot of people go, okay, so I need to go to a hypnotist, right? <laughs> yeah. And that hypnotist is going to swing a watch in front of me, and I'm going to go into this zombie-like state, and you know, change is going to happen. I don't know. It's, it's just going <laughs> to magically happen, right? No. No, that's not how it works. It's really more of communication with your unconscious mind and in like a like a daydream a wonderful daydream and this daydream allows you to communicate in such a way with your unconscious mind saying this is what i want this is what we're meant to have these are the things that are possible for us and it's this powerful way of doing that so when people start getting into it they go oh i can control our people no, no, it's about influencing yourself. 
Ah. It's about influencing how you show up because how you show up directly impacts how other people interact around you. First off, I'd like to say that I've been hypnotized by Mm -hmm. Ryan. Meeting Ryan changed my life in a beautifully beautiful way because it united me with something that I had been seeking for the entirety of my existence. So I owe him so, so much, but I'm going to grill him still as (laughs) if he didn't benefit my life to figure out maybe, well, you should check out hypnotism. So back to my question for you. Why? Why should I speak to my unconscious mind? I'm a motivated person. I can control my consciousness. Mm -hmm. So if I say that I'm going to be positive today, I will be. Why do I need to talk to my unconscious and influence that in any way if I can consciously change my life? That's a great question. Um, I think it boils down to what it is that you were just talking about. If you consciously say, I'm going to be this way, you have to take your willpower and you have to actively go after what you want, which is powerful as long as you're consciously paying attention to that. But what happens is you can't continue to concentrate on that thing the entire day. Things are going to happen. Somebody's going to say something rude to you. Somebody's <laughs> going to cut you off in traffic. Some weird thing's going to blow up at work and you're going to be like, what do I do here? Right? And it's going to be this crazy thing that you were like, oh, wow, wh- what's going on? And in that moment, you're going to stop concentrating on being positive and you're going to go right into your reaction to whatever it is. So in that reaction is going to come from what you were before, what was programmed or conditioned into you. It's going to go into your relative positions to the situation. Is it something that you caused? So you're going to go into the blame or, you know, it wasn't me. I didn't do that, you know, trying to to make up for it or I can fix this. Don't worry about it, you know, type of thing. Or I can't believe that guy did that. That's so stupid. Why did they, you know, and insert all the (laughs) expletives right there. Um, That person. So... But that doesn't really help because now you're fighting this battle every day to maintain positivity and it's a losing battle because you only have so much willpower. Is that what you want to devote it to? Yeah. You only have, you know, think of it like this. The willpower that you have means that you can make very small decisions in your life and you only get so many of those. Would you rather it be devoted to something that you can handle in a different way? Or do you want to devote all of your willpower towards those small decisions where there are other decisions that matter more to you? You know, you can make a decision to show up with somebody and be there for them and make a difference in their life. And that's a great decision to make with your willpower. He's like, oh, I'm on the phone with this client. I'm going to make sure that they come away from this phone call feeling heard, feeling empowered, and that their life is going to change. That's a great decision to make with your willpower. But if you're just going, I just need to maintain my positivity. I just need to maintain my positivity. That, that's detrimental because then you can't show up in the way that you want to show up. Hypnosis and really communication with your unconscious mind helps you get on to the path of creating your best self. How do you do that? What are the things that are getting in the way? And this kind of leads me to 
one of the most powerful tools that I found that's uh, kind of in that vein oh, is the most power share, please. All right. <laughs> it's called the 3d mind. I know that uh, you've experienced it because it's yes. one of the first things I shared with you. Greg. Yes. And it, it's an incredible tool for clearing away negative emotions. And, and it's almost as if you can mix that emotion with other emotions and dilute it so that it no longer has power, has sway over your your life and what i've noticed in using it for the last two years because i learned this at this seminar and you know you go and find teachers that teach really cool things and the coolest thing is just like okay when you go i'm going to learn it and i'm going to use it i'm going to see if it works because at the very beginning i thought it was the stupidest technique ever (laughs) i'm like that is ridiculous that's stupid. I'm not going to use that. But I had paid two grand to be in that Whoa. seat, right? And I had paid and I had, I had flown across the country. I went from Portland all the way to Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, and, wow. you know, I was in the chair and that's uh-huh. what they were teaching, right? And it's like, well, they're teaching it for a reason. And if I want to get skills, if I want to get the change that I'm looking for, I have to give everything my best effort. So even though I thought it was stupid, I had the experience, Mm. right? So I sat down and I did a change around making mistakes. A change? What is that? You made a change around making mistakes? Mm -hmm. Is that a part of the 3D? That's a part of the 3D mind. It's essentially like... With the 3D mind, you're going and you're you're making a shift happen with your unconscious beliefs. So you go and you look for something. And this happened to be around the mistakes, right? Okay. Me making mistakes. Because apparently I'm a perfectionist or I was a perfectionist. So that everything had to be a certain way. And I had to practice and 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 practice <laughs> to get something right before I could even go and do it with other people, right? It's just like, you know, so I had to really practice and it created a lot of tension in my life. And I didn't realize I was carrying this attention, you know, this, this tension in myself, because this, this was normal for me. This was my everyday experience. And so when I did that, it totally fried my brain. I was like, oh man, I I just feel weird. This is just odd. And then I just felt more relaxed. And what was really incredible was like weeks after that seminar, I'd come back and it was Things just got easier mm. because I was no longer fretting over, did I spell everything right? Did I write the best thing? No, I was just able to show up and do what I needed to do. And it was what it was going to be. And if there was a teaching moment, I made a mistake or something, somebody would bring it to my attention. Be like, hey, Ryan, you could have done better here. And this is how you could have done better. All right, go go and take that for what it's worth. Perfect. But I no longer was doing all of that preloaded. Like I wasn't thinking about, okay, you know, I put this there and that thing over here. And is that going to work out? And I was trying to project what some people would read into it. And no, nah, man, don't need to do that anymore. And so it was such a relief. Wow. And that was the first powerful experience of that that type of shift. And since then, I've done so many shifts, so many changes in my life that I feel, you know, my normal life is I feel relaxed. I feel comfortable. I don't get irritated most times with most people. You know, I used to have a real big issue with people talking over me. Not anymore. 
right? Oh, people, wow. people can talk over me and it's like, oh, okay, so that's their style of communicating. I still notice it. Uh, sometimes I get a little bit like, come on, dude, let me talk so I can say something so I can give you the answer. So, oh, no, apparently you don't want the answer. So I'll just stay silent. And I'll wait until you're done. All right. You know, but, you know, you just let people be who they are and you can be who you are. And it's like, you know, I'm in this, at this point, my, my development, I, I'm fully, I'm fully capable of be, just being me. Wow. And that's okay. Right. I love that feeling that that's a feeling I can feel that most of the time. Sometimes I don't feel as though it's okay to be me. That's just really beautiful to hear. I'm glad that you shared that. Is it possible at all that you okay. could you share some of the technique of the 3D mind or would people have to contact you? So I, I, the biggest thing is, is like, if you're looking for that type of change, I would recommend that going to the source, going to Tom and Kim, it's essential skills, uh, and, and learning it from them because, you know, I want to pay attribution to them. They, they did a lot of work to, to go and make that happen. So if you can, you know, go learn it from them and it's a very powerful technique, but if you're looking for something that can get you, you know, can get you part of the way there. Look yeah. into some self-hypnosis. And you can go on to YouTube. You can go and down the rabbit hole that Google is and, and go and find some really powerful techniques. And those are all, you know, incredible, right? Because what you're doing is you're learning to communicate with your unconscious mind. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. You want to find something that works for you. 3D mind just happened to work for me for where I'm at in my, my development, but you just want to find something that works for you and that you resonate with, because there are some techniques there. There are some people that really respond well to direct instruction, direct commands, you know, close your eyes, you know, go into deep trance. There are other people that respond better to permissive statements, right? Mm. You know, a person may close their eyes and get relaxed. And that seems much more enjoyable, right? <laughs> no, a yeah. person can. I'm a person. Right? <laughs> and, and, and go and have that experience. And that's, that's okay. The other thing is, is like, during my journey, one of the most enjoyable things was to go and listen to masters their their soundtracks they would create these these hypnosis tapes and they're just like these little journeys that you can go on and i remember the first time that i listened to the sphinx of imagination by hypnotica oh and the sphinx of imagination, imagination. yeah so there's two different versions of that and i listened to the first version which i fell in love with absolutely fell in love with and there's a second version that he did in 2012 and it is like going on this trip and i really love audiobooks i really do story time like bedtime you know just being whisked away to this this other time this other place being able to to have that experience and having a narrator that has the right voice and that knows how to tell the story is just one yeah. of the most wonderful things you can experience in life or at least one of the things that i can appreciate so i love that and so this felt like this wonderful story time mm -hmm. and the thing is is that when you use imagery when you use metaphor when you use specific tonality you're not only getting it consciously but you're also getting information unconsciously and so you can listen to something that's incredibly enjoyable you know just as an experience but you also get this added benefit that it improves your life.
that you start having new experiences. And I think kind of wrapping this back up and coming back to your experience when you had that that shift, that change, right? Yeah. When you hypnotized me? Exactly. One of the best experiences of my life. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the big thing there for you is like a week later, you recognized that you were already in a community. And what happens is, is we get so fixated on everything must be exactly so. It can only be this way. And when you begin to open yourself up to new experiences, open yourself up to having something different happen, something new happen, what is actually here? You begin to peel back all those limiting beliefs. It's kind of like funnels, right? That were limiting your ability to see what's going on. Yeah. And it allows you to have a much more enjoyable experience of life. So an easy way to make an example of this is let's say that you want to go and have ice cream, mm. but the only good ice cream is vanilla ice cream, right? <laughs> what happens if you go to the ice cream store and there is no vanilla ice cream? They sold out. No yeah. vanilla ice cream. <laughs> now you don't get to have ice cream or you have to have chocolate or strawberry or bubblegum flavor. You don't know. It's like you're going to have the gross ice cream. It's going to be like, I don't know. So, but what if you were able to expand your experience and be able to appreciate those other flavors? What if you could get the same amount of enjoyment from chocolate or strawberry or whatever it is that you're 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 able to have and still get the same feeling from that it didn't have to be vanilla now i know that this is a weird no, kind of example <laughs> right but think about it as like when you go and have an experience with your friend you're hanging out with them you're having a conversation but you guys didn't talk about what you wanted to talk about you didn't talk about your problems or your solutions the things that you really wanted to do then you know, you might have come back away from that experience feeling bummed because you didn't get to have the experience that you wanted to have. Yeah. But if you begin to have that opening of your perception, the opening of awareness, you can begin to have the type of experience that you want to have in lots of different ways that you weren't expecting, that you weren't searching for. That's a really powerful experience to have. And what's really cool is when when somebody gets good at hypnosis, when somebody gets good at neuro-linguistic programming, they can begin to steer their life in such a way where they have those experiences more and more. They can open themselves up to a point where it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You can experience happiness and joy and peace of mind throughout your entire day. Yeah. So you can find joy, even though you might be sitting at the DMV, even though, you know, you might be spending time doing other things that you might not necessarily enjoy. It was like, how can you experience, you know, excitement, but be doing the laundry or yeah. doing the dishes, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. it's like, how can you do that? And you can, you can absolutely experience that if you want to. I do. Absolutely. So that's actually really exciting for me, for anyone listening. Whereas I found extreme benefit, I tried. I played around with hypnosis for years, self-hypnosis, actually. Mm -hmm. For years, it has improved my life a lot. But going to you was on a completely different level. Is that is that universal? Could I have gotten as much change that 
you thankfully and blessedly brought into my life on my own because I do want to empower myself and those Mm -hmm. that listen. What I really enjoy about speaking with you is you point towards the masters. You say, hey, like, go pay the $30 to get the test. Go to, um, who are the creators of the 3D Mind again? Uh, Tom and Kim. Tom and Kim. Go to Tom and Kim. Learn these techniques. Is it the same for hypnosis? Go to someone. Yeah. You know, I think that this is one of those things where it's like, okay, I look outside of myself and I want to see masters. I want to see people that are really skilled at what they're doing and the important bit here is that they know what they're doing. They've done it. They continue to do it. They can get the results. You don't want to get somebody that just has the credentials. They went to a weekend seminar and now they're a certified hypnotist. And, you know, you have more, you know, experience with hypnosis just by listening to this podcast than they do because they did a weekend course. You want to be careful of that. So you want to get somebody that really, really understands what they're doing. But you also want to under, you, you want to be able to vibe with them. You want to go, okay, this person's on the level. They know what they're talking about. And I'm going to get what I want out of this interaction. And that's that's the key point. It's like you need to do your own research. You need to know what it is that you want to get out of it. And you might not know how you're going to get it. Like you didn't know that you were going to uh, – how you were going to get that sense of community. Yeah, right? I no but, idea. You, but you did know that you wanted that sense of community out of it. And you're like, okay, Ryan, I don't know what's going to go on, but yeah. let, let's go through this experience and just have it and let it be what it is. And I encourage your listener to go and find a skilled hypnotist, one that has a lot of practice and and go, okay, well, let's show up and let's see what happens and give it a shot. And sometimes, you know, the first person that you go to not going to be the best, but maybe the third or the fourth, you know, might be even better. The first, uh, you know, first teacher that I went to hypnosis wasn't the best. They read from a book. Uh They didn't really teach with experience, but then I went And I searched for the answer. Like there's something here. I know that there is. I can see that it's it's happening for other people. I just gotta figure out a way that it's gonna work for me. And when you when you go on a personal quest, when you look for your own way of making it happen, you're gonna do whatever it takes to make that happen. That's when you really have the power. You have the power to change your life and you have the power to change other people's life, you can impact people in such a powerful way. And I think one of the cool things is is like understanding that you do have power in this moment. You have power to create a positive experience. You have a power to connect with people in just I'm I'm searching for the word. It's just such a a wonderful way. And I just encourage people that are listening to this, you know, there there's a difference between what you want to express, that emotion that you're carrying inside, you know, that connectivity, yeah. you know, that connection, that that joy and wonder. There's a difference between having it and expressing it and then having the other person experience it in a very mm. powerful way. And I want to encourage you to go beyond just simply expressing what your truth is, what your emotion is, and learn how to help people feel it. That's empowering to hear because seeing that you're not in this alone. Go vibe with someone. Let someone help you. 
a lot of times I like to put a lot of pressure on myself a majority of the time and think, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to change my life? But it's nice to know that there are steps that you can take by yourself. Do self-hypnosis. Listen to the Sinks of Imagination by Hypnotica. And also go out to your community. Go find someone that's trained in an art that you want to better your life in. And it is a fact that it's definitely benefited my life in doing my research and finding you. I highly recommend that you all check out Ryan's amazing work. It, it's so beautiful. I can't speak enough about it. So I have a question for you. The title of this podcast is Native Awakenings. Mm-hmm. And I'm always really curious to hear about what's been waking up, what's been illuminated, experienced recently. What has hypnosis, 3D mind awakened within you? Myers-Briggs test, kind of Mm. all of those key factors. Maybe each has awoken something different. Maybe they've all have helped awaken something. But before you found those modalities, there was probably an experience that you were having. And after you found them, you're having a different experience. It's a good question. You know, I think going back to when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. I felt very alone because there was a portion of my childhood where I was taken away from my parents, something had happened, and I got placed in child protective services. And I was away from my parents for probably a year, two years, something like that. And I felt very alone, and very disconnected from family, very disconnected from friends. Because, you know, imagine that you're growing up, and then all of a sudden, the police show up one day, and they take you away from your parents. Wow. You have no idea what's going on. What do you do? How do you deal with that? So trying to find that connection with other people has been really important to me. And I really want to have that sense of feeling connected, feeling supported, feeling like people are going to be there for me. What I began to realize through all these different things was I put up a lot of barriers. I put up a lot of walls because I wanted to protect myself. I never wanted to go through pain, right? Yeah. And I know a lot of people that when you know when you go through pain, you never want to experience it again. So you start doing things that are detrimental in the long term, right? Mm-hmm. But they're your truth in the short term. You go like, I'm never going to trust anybody ever again Uh, i'm never going to share this type of connection with anybody because you know i'm never going to let somebody get this close to hurt me this way ever again mm -hmm. but then you find out in order to experience what it is that you want you have to let people in you have to let people connect with you you have to you have to drop those barriers down and so part of this awakening that i'm going through that I've been going through is finding out where my walls are, finding out where those boundaries are in taking them down, opening them up, seeing the world in a new way. And it doesn't mean that I'm just completely open. I'm just open for whatever experience because, you know, that's a recipe for getting taken advantage of and having a bad experience and all of that, because there are some bad people out there. Evil exists. And, there's also things that you vibe with and there are things that you don't vibe with and you have to be mindful of what's going on. And that's where the power of choice really comes in. That's where your willpower is. It's like you can say no to that thing, but this thing, oh man, it's so good. So you want to be mindful of it, but 
Here's the thing is when you're aware of it, you have choice about what's going on. So you go, okay, well, I might not trust everyone, but this person, they're trustworthy, right? And I'm going to allow them in. And you make that conscious choice. And you're like, you know what? I'm just down for having an experience with this person. It's really cool. And you open yourself up to an experience. And you open yourself up to new emotions, new perspectives, new experiences that touch you in a way that you wouldn't be able to, to have that if you hadn't made the choice. And it's awakened this idea of you know, talking with people that have those experiences, that have that, that boundary that they've set up and helping them deal with the trauma. How do you deal with that trauma that's come up and move forward without having problems? How do you find people to have the experiences that you want to have with them, right? How do you find that relationship that you want to have? How do you find that connection? the love, the support that you really want to have and helping people go from where they're at in that, you know, in that place where they're all by themselves and they're like the world's a scary place. And how do you go from that to being surrounded by people that love and support you? And that, that's a really cool place to be. Wow. That's a wonderful place to awaken to. I'm so happy that you have gotten to that place and that you continue to work on those barriers. Everything that you said here today has really hit me in my heart and really shown me a new way to communicate with people because community and communication are both important to me. I, I want to be understood, but to take it to an even deeper level of not only conveying experience, but allowing the recipient to experience what I am is mm-hmm. unity. Like that's incredibly, incredibly beautiful. And and that's the cool thing about communication is you can say something and intend it in a certain way and other people will have their own experience of what you said. Yeah. And when you get better at communicating, you are able to help direct that impact in a certain direction. I'm very mindful of what words I choose. I'm very mindful of what themes I use because I know that if I steer it one direction, some people can have a bad experience. But if I steer it another direction and I I really focus in on, okay, what is it? What is the sense? Not only just what the logic is, but what is the overall sense that I want that person to experience with it? And I can guide it towards that. Obviously, we're having a communication. I'm able to see your reactions. We're able to kind of vibe. And it's really cool. And then also, I'm mindful of you who are listening. And I'm going, okay, well, I want to stay more towards this subject versus that subject, right? And I want to make sure that you feel connected with what it is that I'm talking about. So I'm using specific words. I'm using specific themes. Because that's what i feel like you're you're coming to this podcast for but if we had an interaction we we had a conversation yeah. i would be tailoring what i'm saying with the reactions that i would be getting from you wow. as we're talking 
about it. And we might not talk about some subjects. Like, see, we might not talk about relationships, but we might talk about spirituality. We might not yeah. talk about personality types, yeah. but we might talk about, like, what's important to you and how what you believe is real for you in your life. And that's what communication is about. It's finding where you and that other person mesh together and how you can have an enjoyable experience together. And that's really cool. And when you get good at communication, you're not only meshing together and you're finding a commonality, but you're able to say things in such a way where you have emotional impact with the other person. That's really just a powerful place to be. Yeah. <laughs> incredibly powerful thank you so much for everything i can't wait to listen to this episode again <laughs> i'm sure things have slipped through the cracks you've given myself all of our listeners a ton of incredibly welcome words of wisdom is there anything you would you would have wished that i asked you or do you have a message on your heart mind or soul that you'd like to to give that we didn't touch on well, I think I think I just want to reiterate a couple of things that we did touch on. Okay. The first one is that it's okay to be you. You who you are right now, it's totally okay for you to be you. And when you feel that, and you feel like it's okay to be me, it's okay to have these experiences, it's okay to have these feelings, it's okay to have these thoughts, that is a powerful place where you can find peace. And you can start beginning to go and ask yourself, well, what do I want? Because you might be in a place of pain. You might be in a place of worry. You might be in a place of fear. And that's okay. And you don't need to be there your entire life, but it's okay to acknowledge where you're at right now. The second thing is I just want to encourage you to do whatever it takes to get what you want to go after what it is that you want. So if that's hypnosis, if that's neurolinguistic programming, you know, if that's coaching, if that's meditation, if that's yoga, if that's going to other masters and finding out what they know, I encourage you to do what it takes to get what you want in your life and to begin to share what you want in your life. So. Wow. There. Bravo. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you for all of that. Thank you. I don't need to fill the space with anything else, but thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Greg, for you know sharing this uh, this time and the space with me, and then and inviting me on this podcast has been really fun. Thanks. Absolutely, I, we have to sync up our schedules. I'd love to have you back on because you've brought up more questions that I even want to ask. <laughs> the spirit animating my body honors, values, appreciates, respects, and unconditionally loves the spirit animating your body. Aho matakuyasan. Om namah shivaya. Namaste.